This podcast recorded live at the Urban Fly Company Studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Around the table today, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns. Uh, the no, the deerless Jim Franklin. Uh, he's, he's like <laughs> me. We're deerless. Deerless. Uh, I'm your host, Jay Thompson. Uh, Chris Sims is out tonight. Uh, he, he got COVID. Uh, wish you well, Chris. I mean, make it through this, you know, your whole family. Hopefully, you guys get well soon. Uh, can't wait to get you back on the podcast here. Um, and we were supposed to have Derek in tonight, and uh, he got a hold of us this morning and said he was not having a good day. Yeah, he said he wasn't feeling the best when I was talking to him earlier. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty crappy myself, but this is all, you know, self... You're self-induced. Yeah, yeah, I did this to myself last night, but... Uh, did he? No, no, yeah. I asked, I said, you know, I'm, I'm feeling sick, pretty sir. sick right now, too, on the couch. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, no, my stomach is jacked. He told me he cannot so. leave the site of a garbage can. Yeah, oh, or man. a toilet. That's rough, saying, yeah. yeah, so... That's a rough one. Hey, hopefully it goes through A lot through of that's quick. going around right Tis now. Tis the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully none of us get... Uh, you, you are sitting in the Rona chair right now, so... That's yeah. all right. It's it's po- it's been a while. It doesn't yeah. live on services. Remember, <laughs> there's a lot of things I, that that are uh, out there about it that uh, I don't know if I can believe at all either. You know, you know, I am awfully close to his. You know, his mic here too. That's what I mean. Ooh. You're 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 basically licking the mic of somebody who might have had Ron in this room. That's what we call immunities, bud. <laughs> well, we all know how Chris got it. Um, you know, that's what happens when you go up to camp with a bunch of dudes. You're bound to, you know, do some things you might not have done otherwise and, you know, end up with Rona. Mm-hmm. Derek, while you're listening, it's 21.6 now. It's a oh, long way yeah. to go, though. Third quarter just barely started. Well, all the all the Philadelphia Eagles can do anyways is get it one yard. Just pushing that guy's ass all the time. Yeah, come on, Spectrum. God, the stupid networking crap and put the best game of the week on. No, oh, we get to shit. watch the Browns play. Yay. Lovely. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are the local team. I mean, they're one of the local teams. I I, I agree with you. I I, I couldn't believe it wasn't on Fox. Well, I have the NFL on my phone, and I'm watching it at the house. And as soon as I come over here, it, like, switches them out of market. And, like, boom, gone. Nope. That's so weird. Hey, this week brought to you by A-Rex Hooks. Find them at arexhooks.com. We got Sims Fishing. Find them at simsfishing.com. Yeti built for the wild and Cortland Lines. Friends of the show, we got Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, our friends over at Nut- Musky Fool, and the Nittany Valley Musky Alliance, bringers of the beast. So we got a few topics tonight. Um, we're going to catch up with Mark. Uh, he, we haven't talked to you in a month. So I, been, I don't think I was here all of November. Yeah, yeah, you were. Quite a while. So. You're a busy man. Hey, see what Mark's been up to. Um, you're trying uh, to do European months. They're gyms, so yeah, I uh, I've been having my hand at trying a couple different things, you know. We'll talk about that. We're gonna talk about the hunting opener, um, some steelhead you've been doing, a musky trip we're gonna be doing here real soon next weekend. Uh, friends coming in. Uh, I got to hang out with some old podcast brethren last night and uh, had a good time. So I'll talk about that a little bit at the end. And uh, we've already gave you the sponsors and our friends, so we'll get it right to it. <laughs> Uh, hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving, you know, and a safe first day of deer season, definitely. I went into food coma on Thanksgiving. I didn't do much. I didn't make it too far from the couch. 
Well, I did what, what, you know, Wednesday night is, before Thanksgiving is what? It's like the biggest drinking night. It's like supposed to be the biggest party day of the year. Yeah, so I definitely had a few and partook in some of that. Um, I've been killing this bottle of uh, bullet bourbon. I like that stuff. You don't, even, you don't even look at the bottles anymore. You just pour it. What do you mean? Whenever you're down here, do you just look at the bottles? No, I bought that one. Oh, well... You you were like, oh, well, I wonder which one this is as you spun it around. I just wanted to make sure I was given the right one or if it was the right bottom. I was almost positive, but, yeah, I grabbed this up uh, right before the holiday so we can uh, have some drinks. You know, I've I've been wanting to find some Buffalo Trace, but that's about impossible, so, uh, you know. I was finding that around here. Yeah. I got into uh, a case of some spotted cow. It's a, a logger from them up in Wisconsin. Hmm. Can only get it up there. We had a, a client come in to make a vehicle purchase, and uh, he brought it down and gave it to us. And man, well, good stuff. Oh man, I'd go there just for the beer. What was this again? It's called Spotted Cow. New, huh. Galer- New Galeris. Yeah, hmm. really oh, good. good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mark, Jay, you want to? Uh, Catch us up on what you've been up to. I don't know if you've been out fishing. I know you've been uh, been sending a lot of uh, bucktail pictures. That's all it is right now. It's just uh, bucktail, bucktail, bucktail. Trying to keep up on flies and keep up on bucktail is all I'm doing at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it's been, what, all the November. I mean, I did fishing early in the month, kind of before all the shit shows started. Um, and last guide trip was a good one. Got a muskie there. On all pink, of all things, finally. Yeah, it was one of them things where just like the morning started off really hot. I think we had five or six pike either hit, missed, lost, all within like the first half hour of the day. So I'm like, all right, it was going to be a pretty good start. And thinking there's kind of like a little pattern going because they're all kind of hitting right about the same spots and they're all sitting up tight. So I'm like, all right, just keep it at the bank, keep working it. Everything's kind of pushed because we've had a lot of weather change and now it's, we should finally be getting to where we need. We finally are getting to a, not a blowout, but the water's definitely moving into the system. And at that point, it was like up and down and up and down. And we were kind of in that like, it's always been up and down low, but we were in that like middle point. So it was enough to have them up and got sunny through the day and worked into a spot. And it's like, I don't know why, but, you know, the white hasn't been doing much lately and neither's a chartreuse. Let's just throw an all pink on and see what happens. And it's like the third cast, like a first cast in the shade and hooks up. And tell you what, about one of the strongest fish I've ever seen. As a, every fish to, through the first run, every pike, boom, net open, perfect. Poof. Nope, this one, musky, net jammed. And I'm sitting there jacking with it and jacking with it. Fish is at the side of the boat. I finally get the net open, and he's like, all right. And I'm like, oh, not even close. You could tell this thing's just digging. And at that point, that fish probably dug another seven, eight times, kept wanting to spin the boat around. And he was just torqued onto him. He wasn't giving him an inch, and it was just pulling and pulling, and I was just kind of staring with the oar, and he was doing a great job with the fish. And finally came up to the side of it and got it in. thing had a lamprey mark on it like you wouldn't believe. That's one of the – I mean, I've seen a few of them on fish now, but that one was – that was a big one. Yeah, I mean, definitely. that's like the size – look at this 16-ounce water bottle, and it's – it was pushing the size of that. Yeah, he was hanging on there for a while. That was a big mark. It was a nice fish, a little over 37, solid, so made for a good one. And outside of that, it quieted off, but that was kind of the... And you said the uh, the water was uh, 
Was it up a little then, or was that still, no, when it was we still were pretty still low? Down low? Yeah, we were still way low. We're finally now getting up where we need to be. But yeah, the last I went from there to New Jersey and did a we had the fly tying symposium. So it was kind of neat. Um, didn't really know going into it what it was going to be. I knew I was going to kind of be, you know, not one of the, like one of the only ones with musky flies. And there was a couple people there, but it was nice to find. It was like a, a show to. It was a tire show. Put it that way. People coming in, I mean, it was all tying, looking for flies, materials, knowledge, stuff of that nature. So got to meet a lot of people that, you know, have done, I mean, Mo from Arex, one of our sponsors, but talked to him for better part of, what, five, six years or more. Finally got to meet him, you know, Steve Uchuk from Steelhead Steve from Envision Flies. We've had mm-hmm. him on the show and talked yep. to him for quite a while I mean Popovic stopped in they had released his new hook so got to meet him what uh what hook is that you know at all yeah it's a uh, beast uh, I mean it's essentially made for beast flies I believe now don't hold me to what everything is because I got like a couple samples I haven't messed with them and I'm looking for the bigger hooks and I got the smaller ones so I think there's four rot I don't know what the other sizes are but I do know they're coming in eight aught. So I've got some of the eight on on the way. Um, it seems like a really neat hook, and I've been getting a lot more into their their saltwater hooks or just the overall proportion of them, the gauge of them, the gap of them, everything. They're, they're a really cool hook to use. Like the new Clouser hook makes for a great uh, Buford style or anything like big profile bodied. Um, if you want like a real like deep heavy hook, then uh, Blue Waters are good. So, I mean, that's got a real big heavy gauge on it. This new one here with the... Um, pop it's got a little bit of a different j style on it so it's got its own little purpose they got like an sa220 streamer that makes like a good trailing back or you know even like a, a good streamer hook in itself so there's a lot of good saltwater hooks on that side they released that one at the show and re- they were set up with a regal booth oh, cool. so i mean there's a lot of materials if you were going there to buy materials that was a place to go oh so you were like you could sell everything as well there it wasn't you were well, I guess, I mean, so what you had is when you walked in, there's, I mean, it was at a hotel, so you had the, a, a big, huge room, and the whole room was kind of circled with tires, so to speak, or at least the opposite walls. I don't know, there was probably, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 of us, maybe. Oh, wow. Then the center lines had all of your, there was guys with flies through there, there was a lot of materials, um, different fly shops, rods, reels. Um, there's different places that sold like antique type stuff and like collectibles. So you can like actually look at them like old hardy stuff and what have you. Um, so there's like a little bit of everything. There's like a podcast there in the back corner that was doing um, like interviews. A lot. I mean, obviously you're in New Jersey. So a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of beast and hollow flies and stuff like that. Yeah, I was going to ask the... Uh, a lot of trout too. Okay. Yeah, a ton of trout. It was, so it was from every... You know, it wasn't just mossy air. There wasn't just this or that. It was every kind of fly across the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, as of, like... How many nymphs did you buy? All of them. Dry flies? All of them, No, you came back with a pile. I honestly don't know that I bought... I'm trying to think if I even bought anything while I was in there. I mean, it's like a process all my own... I mean, I I have all my stuff sourced from everywhere. So, like, if I was going there to buy stuff, yeah, it'd be great. But, boy, some of the prices on materials. Whew. Man. I mean, I suppose Bucktail. if yeah, I, I, expensive. Su- I suppose when I sit and look at you know, uh, three days a week, I'm putting twelve hours a day into it. You know, wonder why it's the price that it is. 
but um a lot of um like other vendors and tires a lot of interest there because a lot of them guys want to you know want to catch musky or try it or you know something of that nature so definitely talked to a lot of people there uh what sunday did a class that was interesting so right at the beginning of class i locked my keys in my truck it was yeah, like this was yeah this is the story you you had been texting us a little bit about that <laughs> yeah I mean class was cool so uh, there was only I think it was I think like seven total that could sign up and that filled up then a I think only four ended up showing so class went well kind of went over Buford tying just we worked with them like hands on everybody like kind of walked through one myself and then they sat and did one so yeah ended up uh, waiting. Anybody's turn out real well. I mean, it's probably you know the, they were. Yeah, I mean, for the a, most part, they were uh, they were all fishable. I mean, they would have fished. It was well, guys that were just looking for you know. Did you have guys that were in there just never tied before? Or these guys? No, were they all were all. Yeah, they, they brought their vices with them, yeah. and they had you know they 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 have tied. Um, few of them had bucktail experience. One more than the other. So I mean, one had you know a decent bent. Was kind of honing a little bit more. He picked up really, really quick. But he, for all things considered, they all did. I mean, they all came through at like pretty well the same pace and kind of just walked each step through with them and did well. Hell yeah! Any uh, certain colors? Were they tying their own colors or no? What was the so pattern? it just did a single Buford, and then like I was kind of passing the materials around. So here, put this on next. Put this on next. Put this on next. next but yeah, yeah, by the time that was all said and done, Sunday it was like, ooh, pushing eight o'clock. So, got so now about two-ish. Oh, so as as the class goes on, you're thinking about your keys that are stuck in your truck. Well, yeah, because then I got the manager from the hotel who's like, hey, I got this. Let's see if we can make this work. And then thanks to Eric, he's this guy that I sat right beside actually tying. And he's like, hey, I got AAA we can call. Like, I guess that's going to be about the only option at this point. So he ended up hanging out, waiting with me there, but... Um, tried to chimmy it myself, but you need bags, and yeah. I didn't have a bag. You I mean, I had door wedges I can get to work, but it's like I, I knew I wasn't going to get past. You have to have that bag because yeah. it's the way that the jams now come down in and they turn. You've got to get that initial spot, and, like, I've done enough of them at the dealership, you know. I've pumped, popped enough doors and had to do that. That You reached a point in about 2018 where you just couldn't do it like you could before. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, now you got to have I mean, it's a nice scratch. I got to get some paint too to do a little bit of touch up. Cause it's a five star safety rating. Yeah. It kept me out. It was, you know, I was sitting there. I was like, you know, this isn't working. I want to go get the C clamp. I ran out to the truck, opened the door, grabbed the C clamp, grabbed something off the seat. And when I went to grab something off the seat, I obviously set the keys down to get what I was, grabbed everything, boom, shut the door and locked it. First time I've ever locked my keys in my vehicle, too. Oh, really? I've wow, never done that's that impressive. Before. Far from home. Dude, I have <laughs> never locked keys, never got a speeding ticket, and I've only ran out of gas the day I bought my first car at 16 because the guy's like, tank's full. No, the tank was broke. I made it like five miles down the road and ran out of gas. <laughs> the cage was broke. So, yeah, it was running good there, and no. Nope. Oh, well. Win some, you lose some. But all in all, it yeah. turned out it was a good show, though. I got to meet a lot of people. I think that was the kind of the biggest thing going into the show and with the show was just, you know, hey, you're going to go meet some people you finally haven't gotten to for a while and see what comes out of it. And, you know, I think for you know, like a trout people and for definitely for the saltwater side, if you're into like, you know, if you're 
anywhere up and down the coast, saltwater, stripers, or blues, stuff like that, it's a great place to go check out. It's a lot of flies for, you know, that. It's neat. That's uh, fun. Glad I did it. Uh, did you see, were there any other guys that were pushing musky or, you know, predator really fishing like that? Not or that I was, I mean, there was a few hand, like a couple like musky flies intermingled with other like bucktail flies. Mm -hmm. A lot of the guys kind of did stuff like that, but not that I noticed in like directly that was, you know, just musky wise now. And I mean, you, flies are pretty interchangeable in species of fish, depending on what you're fishing oh, for. Oh, very you much know? so. So. It is funny though to like see because it's like so many people like, cause like, when you walk up, like I had my stuff set up and it's like all like, you know, like a chest high, not chest high, but like stomach high type table. But behind you is just your name. So as people are walking by, they're like looking at names and they like look up, kind of like make a face. And they like look down, and they see the logo and like, oh, and it's like nobody knows what my name is. And then it's like as soon as they see the logo, it's like, boom, like, yeah, nice. Which is good because here's some my products. Not my name. So I, mean, I think my products are tied to that, and that's yeah. doing its job. So <laughs> I think what we're hearing is, is you actually enjoyed yourself while you were there. I it's mean, a good you're, time. you're pushing it, but it was it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> Mark doesn't like anything. We, we we know we've come to learn this. Um, yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta pull you gotta pull my leg to get me to do stuff for sure. What um, you got back? Everything was good. So. Uh, safe travels. There was yeah. Was I mean, the way out sucked. There was a really bad accident on eighty, so it ended up taking oh, like almost eight hours to get out there. Ride home was fine. It was like five and a half. We scooted right back. No traffic anywhere, and just rolled. That side of eighty is rough. Wow. When you get over there, it is like a whole new ball game over there. It's definitely not nearly as like wide open and as this end is, but whew. It rattles you. Ever you ever been out that way? Mm -mm. No. Uh, I, I got, I've been to the Poconos, and then when I went and got my boat in Hagerstown, I kind of went that way, but then I cut off south down to Bun, went to Maryland. So I've never quite went the whole way over. And that was the first time in New Jersey. Definitely. I went all the way to New York a couple times, and yeah, it's a, <coughs> it gets a little up and down out yeah, there, too. A, oh, yeah. Definitely gets hilly. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful country, oh, though. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Really pretty through the mountains. Crossed over some great water too across our state. Mm -hmm. So you got back and you got tails, man. I, I've that's just man, geez, tying dude. Like every day, tying and tails, tying and tails. So as you're, you know, the tying and tails are uh, going along. I mean, you know, that's your life at this point, and you know, I mean, and you'll get. I'm sure you. I don't know how many guide trips you have until or would you kind of shut it down. Um, however that goes, but. As you process the tails, are you dyeing them right there on the spot, or is that kind of something that you just do all? Are you just turning them all white for now, and then you'll just do it as you do it? Well, I mean, f you have to process them first before you dye them. Sure. Ultimately, what I'd like to do is no get to where I'm completely stocked up, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. But I'm also running out of real estate, which is why I'm having to kind of do as many as I can at the moment. So ultimately, I'm gonna. I mean, I guess I'm gonna try to. I can't go too far into detail because I have stuff coming out next year that I'm gonna, it'll be a reason behind. But I'm trying to build a good inventory in stock so I can kind of expand on what I have, which is going to allow me to do what I'm going to be doing there. But right now, it's a lot of just catching up because I'm tying so many of each of the same color. <clears throat> like, I dyed five black last night. I already went through three and a half of them today. 
So it's like it's, and I've already, I need another five of them. So I'm kind of just playing catch up as stuff's getting done and the tails are good enough. Dye them for what I need over the next few days. Dye them, roll, dye them, roll. And then hopefully here, I've probably got 250 racked of them, though there's a lot of junk. So that's what's been hurting. If it wasn't for that, and I can actually pull them, I and mean, I've got a three by three bin right now, just stuff full of crap. So once that gets through and all the good stuff starts rolling, yeah, it'd be nice. Um, and load up. I was going to say the bucktails, <clears throat> obviously, probably been getting better as the season's gone Very on. Very much so. They were horrible for the beginning of the season. And oh, the last, sure. uh, oh, I'd say probably all of November, they started getting better. The last couple months have been getting definitely, definitely a lot better. The last sure. couple of weeks, I mean. Yeah, I'm sure once you saw the gun season deer start coming in. Yeah. I mean, we got some, like you talked about, some well, that cold, cold, cold yeah. weather, man, really. That, that cold helped. We definitely need more of that. I'm excited for like the end of the year, though. If you can get a lot of deer in the end, ooh. Them get winter some, coats. Mm -hmm, you get some giant ones. Big thing you got to deal with a lot more fat, and you're doing a lot more cleaning. But, mm, yeah, I did tails that day that it got super cold. Oh, it was a nightmare. It froze them. Oh, God. Went out the next morning, and everything was just solid as a rock. Yeah, but they're all they're all kind of ready to go for you. I mean, close enough. I mean, you're just de-skinning, like, the insides or just... Mm -hmm. yep. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I've got a we good process down now that, like, I can move quick. I mean, it still takes a whole day, but, I mean, I can move relatively quick. I'm doing 70, 80 in a, you know, 10-hour day where I used to be. Uh, 80 would take me more than more than a day. But, yeah, I just fly out in the bucket and just keep dawn dish open. Get your hands in there and just keep cleaning and cleaning. The more you swoosh around and clean and hammer water down into it doesn't take long they're crystal clean they come out of there i mean they're just bright as a whistle it saves animals saves little ducklings right don dish like mm -hmm. that stuff's awesome go. i love it and it got a nice little smell after too so yeah works out good the only thing is i need a bigger garage let me next whenever i get and i can actually like build a garage oh it is going to be built around getting two boats in and deer tails just do one whole section with a big big water tank or big you know, water. Oh, it's kind of like a big base. And I think what I'm going to cool. do, like now, probably like during summer, like once I can get a chance to get caught up, I think I'm just going to do like framing get, and uh, just chicken wire. So then I can put blocks in the corner of them, set them up like three inch blocks, and then just boom, 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 boom. I can just stack them right up. Then I can make six or eight of them and just boom, 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 run them right up. I got you some screens the other day. I'm sure you mm -hmm. got them all filled out. I got a few of them in use. Yeah, but those are some yeah, big screens. Yep. The screen door ones, that's the way to go. That is. That's the I best know. way. Them big four-footers. Oh, yeah. You could fit like, uh, you could fit about 60 or so on a, on a four-footer. Depends on the size of the tails. Mark's just going to be stirring a cauldron of them in his garage, just cleaning them with a big, giant wooden spoon. It sucks now, but next year when I'm going to go through the whole year and never have to worry about tails and have as many as I can want in all sizes, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Right now, no. You know, how, so, you know, as the process goes on, you see the bucktails, like, and you're kind of grading them and put them, like, how many A bucktails do you get out of, say, even, we'll just go with 20 bucktails, say. You know, what are the numbers? Yeah, you, you're going to need a bigger group. A lot more than that, even. I mean, I'm just well, wondering it's, how, like. It's really tough to say because if you're looking at, like, early season, no, they're literally all junk. It's not even the length because most of them are short. There's very little material on them, and they're very, very just coarse and lean. They don't have much nutrients in them, so they don't, like, there's, they're just, you can't do much with them. You can make clousers. They have no, like, fluff. They There's have no, no hollow to them? No, nothing. 
they're just deader than a doornail. And then as you start getting a little bit better, they start getting better. But I tell you what, I mean, for like them, like monster tails that like people like all like you know, you know, Google over and just want them like twenty five dollar tails. I'll do a thousand and maybe see five. Okay. Wow. Maybe. That's maybe. Bet you this year I'll do two thousand tails and I'll be lucky to get ten over six inches. Hmm. And they'll come right at the end of the year. There won't be too too many. You don't get a lot of them. You get I get a lot of like four inch stuff. That's which is perfect. That's yeah. exactly what I want. And that's like the one batch I did. I had forty five of them. They were like almost all identical. Next batch I had sixty five, and I think I kept like fifteen out of it. The rest were just junk. So it's just it's hit or miss. Then you get a lot of them ones that are just kind of like flat. I mean, it's not like they're they they flare a little bit, but like the materials are all even, like the tips are all even, and it just they look they, the flies look like crap. They look like a, like a teepee, you know. Mm-hmm. So you get tails like that that just yeah they're four or five inch or what have you, but they're just no good. You know, they're not really. I mean, they're good for certain like tails. You put that you use that to prop your fibers. You know, it's perfect for that but to build bodies and stuff through. So, I mean, you do have a lot that you weed out through it, but to be able to have the opportunity to do that and not have to pay, you know, whatever the price is and then pull it out of a sure. bag and do that, a lot better. Yeah, and I mean, it's still not cheap. I mean, I still got to, you know, I still pay for the tails. I pay for the borax. I go through a lot of borax. I mean, right now I'm going through probably eight or nine boxes a week. I mean, that's 50, 60 bucks in borax alone. So the early season bucktails, they're just uh, chew toys for Winston, right? Oh, yeah, I think <coughs> basically. Clouser, Clousers. <laughs> he, all, he would love that. As soon as I let him out of the house, first thing he does is go right to the garage, goes in, smells all the tails, and like kind of gives me that look. Can I have one yet? And it's like, no, no, get out. Yeah, could you introduce to him to uh, doing that, and oh, that could end up be being really, really done. bad. If you've seen my basement, like you've seen it, there's more bucktail laying around my basement. Like I could literally, like I've. I finally have, like, kind of ridded it up a little bit, but there's still, like, three boxes on the floor that cumulatively have 400 tails laying on them. Used, I mean, they're, you could say they're used, but I've also sat and pulled a box out and tied eight doubles out of them, too. So there's plenty. It's, like, kind of get to that point where it's like, all right, I need another tail. You grab that, you chuck that one back, and then that one sits there for a while and gets thrown into a box, and you're like, all right, let's clear it all out. And still a lot of good stuff in there. I last about... Five minutes in Mark's garage. We gotta right get now. you an IV of Allegra. Yeah. Oh, we just yeah, we can tap me with Allegra. Done. I'll be having N95 mask on, like we're back in the Rona era. Well, I got uh, them stored in Yetis right now. They're like everywhere because I don't have enough freezer space. They they didn't. They're not good. They just sit out. They're gonna. They just rot out. No, until dude, their the bor- hair falls out. Until they're boraxed. Mm-hmm. The hair. They tur- They start turning gray, and the hair falls out of them. The longer they sit and get warm, that's why, like, even, like, at the butcher, I don't let them sit more than, like, four days now. Once they start getting to that, like, five, six days, they turn gray. And, and you're over every day, I'm sure. Every two days. Picking them up. Every other day. Yep. Quite frequently, but it's worth it. I know Chad said he misses it. <clears throat> Does he? He misses the bucktail process. I mean, it's just, there's, it, it's work. But I don't know. It's like, I don't mind doing it at all, like. The other night I was out there till eleven o'clock. I could have cared less. I mean, it's not like oh, I can't wait to get this done. So like, just keep going, whatever. Yeah, you get to listen to some McAfee show out there, or listen to whatever you know. Heck yeah! And I've been listening to a lot of it, but I think I did two hundred and eighty since or two hundred. Do I say two hundred sixty? I think since the sixteenth. It's a it's a good amount of bucktail, and yeah. you'll be and you just like you said, just keeping up as much as you can until you're 
you know, back out in the water on a consistent, you know. Yeah, I mean, once you, I well, once I here. get yeah, once I I'm almost through where I need to be. I'm finishing up a whole pile of orders, and once the tails like stop coming in such a high volume, because as of now, like I I can't put them anywhere else. I'm putting them in giant eagle bags and pressing them into like I'm literally getting like 30 tails and fitting them into like barely bigger than a grapefruit size. I mean, it is like all of my pressure pushing into getting these tails in the freezer. And then I'm putting stuff on top of the freezer and stacking tails on top of it so the weight's holding it all down. <laughs> and then what next batch is getting ready to go up goes into a Yeti for a day. And then, like, when I get home tonight, I'll be processing them in the morning. So I'll pull them that night. So then tomorrow morning, they'll be three-quarters thawed. And I pull them, take the center, chuck it out in the yard. By the time I'm done with the other ones, it's thawed and I'm rolling. It is what it is. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's it's part of the process that goes into it, and I don't know. Is it a pain? Yeah. Take a while? Yeah. But I don't know. It's kind of what I got to do. I want my flies to come out a certain way so they fish and everybody gets fish on them, and it's part of what it takes to make them that way. Been, um, and tying, just like you said, it's been consistent. You've just been every day in it as no, much as, as well. Much as, I mean, I can tie it well here. And then this time of the year is a lot of doubles, though. So it's just I was going to ask a that. A lot of doubles. You, you know, you can so see long. kind of a difference in what people are ordering at different mm -hmm. times of year. And 90% of the flies are almost always all singles until this time of the year comes. They're ordering meat now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But almost all year, though, it literally is. It's almost, it's, it's a lot of singles. More than you think. A lot more than you think. I don't know, I think a lot of, like, even, like, some shops that I've sent flies to, like, they're like, we don't want any more doubles. Just, like, they're just too daunting for people. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. There's, but like, the people that, you know, do musky fish and aren't, like, just getting into it going looking for flies, oh, yeah, it's all doubles. Heck, yeah. That's even now. I mean, that's what we're mostly, <coughs> I mean, that's what the last, I can't tell you how many fly fish we've caught. I mean, oh, no, we had a and d in there, but that bulkhead, but the last few have came on doubles. Um, where was I going to go with that one? Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit. We're going to switch gears. Um, you've been doing processing and we're going to keep with the deer processing that kind of will segue in a little decently if I did it any better, but in butcher it to death right now. Um, Jim has been taking on trying to process heads European style. And I know we had somebody on the podcast a couple of years ago and he had the Beatles and had, you know, they sat in the beetles, and that's what mine was upstairs, and then bleached it, you know. Um, I just take us through the process how you're going to do it. I know people, some people leave them in the ground and let the let ants and different, you know, worms or whatever else do it. So uh, I'll walk you through how I completely went into it here. Um, I, I, I used to know a guy that, that did European mounts for people, and since then he's quit doing it. So <clears throat> I still have people asking me, hey, can your guys still do deer heads? Can your guys still do deer heads? One of which being my father because he loves European mounts. He just loves them. So, you know, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, Dad, I was like, what are you going to spend on a European mount? He's like, I don't know, 150, 175 bucks. I went, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. I said, you buy me all of the stuff to do it. You buy me the burner. You buy me the, you know, the giant pot and everything. Give me, give me a legit hookup to do it. I'll do them for you. And then you don't have to worry about paying anybody to do it <coughs> any, ever again. That's a pretty solid deal for him, I would think. 
did your dad kill a deer this year that he needed done? Yeah, he got one that he needed done. Wasn't quite big enough to mount it, but he his solid last, deer. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think it's going to make thirties, but I bet you it's high twenties. Eight point. Yeah. Eight nice. point. He's got a couple little kickers at his base. Um, I did that one first. Um, I ended up like had a total of four. So of them, you're just straight boiling them in water. What are you putting in it? Uh, it's just on so, dish soap and water. Nice. And then do you do anything after the fact, or? Uh, I after I blow them all out and everything, I pressure wash out. You know all of the remaining, you know membrane Junk. and brains and you know all the bad shit. And um, I'll degrease it. I'll soak. You it taking in. like a blower, like a, on a with uh, I, a compressor? I, I ordered no. I ordered a uh, high pressure nozzle just for a regular garden hose but it mm. it's actually like it's highly recommended for doing european mounts just because it's little mm. and it's handheld and you don't gotta worry yeah about i'm sure if you got a regular pressure washer, washer and you hit a little too much yeah you're gonna cut a hole in it yeah that's one of the biggest things that you got to really worry about is doing it like a lot of damage to to the skull itself because i mean depending on what kind of pressure washer that you have if you have the wrong tip on it and you're running at the wrong pressure i mean you'll blow right through that well bottom. i didn't even know if it was just Air. Like, I didn't know if it was, like, air. People blow it out with air. If it was, you're doing more. So, you I, probably could use air. I've Just, looked, like, an air compressor with a little, but. I've I looked didn't. up a couple different methods. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple different ways that people go about it. I mean, you could bag the head after you flush it out. And, I mean, you could take take an air compressor and put it in the brain cavity, and you can remove it that way, and it'll just blow out into the bag. So that's one way to do it. I mean, not having an air compressor readily available, I was just going to, you know, opt for the boiling method. But, um, again, there's so many different variances. If, if you're ever looking to, to try to get into something brand new, you're going to have to do a little bit of research on it. And when you do research on it, you're going to see so many different takes on what works for this person, what works for that person. I've watched videos where people boil these skulls for 20, 30 minutes and then go ahead and start cleaning them. And I've watched other videos where people, you know, are cooking them for three, four hours. I found that that sweet sweet spot with all the ones that I've done so far is right around three, so thirty minutes is not enough whatsoever. After you, even if you flush it out really, really well, the first one I did, which was my dad's, that one, you know, that was kind of the learning curve. You know, I ended up breaking a jawbone. Sorry, pops, you're not getting a bottom jaw on that one. I don't. Do they usually have? I I've never really seen a it with the bottom jaw. A lot they? of people request the bottom jaws now. Really? Man. Yeah. Huh. Yep. That Mine one, doesn't have the bottom jaw. It's just that one's nose is so crooked from all the coke it did. As far as even had a bottom yeah, jaw. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's my dad's deer. He had. I have no idea. Like looking at this skull, just seeing how the bones were broken and refused, it looked like you know he got a left hook from Mike Tyson or something it, as a fawn. And, I mean, his nose looks like it's almost pushing it like a 35, 40-degree angle off the front of his face. Had a career in boxing. Yeah. Huh. Deviated I know, septum. I know mine had... I ran a, into something. I know mine had a uh, had a little crack in the front of it just because I think when, it, when I hit it and it face-planted into the ground, it might have done it. Or it was with a, an 11-point fighting a lot. And you'll find a lot of, you know, them just... Being brutes and getting into clashes, never know what happens. The the one skull I did actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because looking at the front of the face of it through you know the fur and everything on it, you can you can't tell. But whenever you take the hide off, you could see. Like I have one small buck, he got into a scrap with another deer, and he took a tine to the middle of his face, and it was just all abscessed and everything. I mean, it was completely infected. Like it was. It was nasty. Wow. But you could see, like, it was it was a perfectly round, just a punch hole right through the 
very front of his skull going into his sinus cavity. Yeah, they get it when you know if the rut comes. They're uh, yeah, they're they're out there getting it. They're Doesn't banging. Matter. That one was a small one. That was a six point. It was just a little basket rack six point I was doing for somebody. And man, I just I wouldn't it wasn't expecting that, and I took that hide off, and it was just whoa. There's a lot of carnage back here. So you know when you're going through, are you gonna after you pull it out of the water, keep keep it going? So. Boil it out, you know, like I said, right around that three-hour mark. I'll take it out. I pressure pressure it all off, blow all, the, you know, the, the rest of the meat and everything that's off of it. Try to get down to, to bear skull, okay? Then what I do is I'll soak it again in the Dawn dish soap in water overnight just to try to degrease the rest of what's off of the bone. And then after that, it goes in one more time. It gets boiled one more time real quick for another 20, 30 minutes. And then after that, it's drying time. So... <laughs> I got one that dried out for a whole 24 hours after that process. That one's already currently on its second stage of bleaching. And then I got the other three that are already out, and they're drying, and they're getting ready for bleach as well. How's the bleaching go? So I got uh, the Salon V40. It's uh, peroxide. So, like, it's an actual... Like uh, hair bleach? Yeah. Like what we used to put in our hair back in, Professional like, 1995? No. Oh, hell yeah, dude. No, you put this in you, your hair, dude. Mark, just you can't tell me you out. didn't have, you know, like... At least some kind of tips. You no, know, you never did that. You weren't you weren't one of the cool guys. You weren't into Fred Durst or Eminem. Well, oh, I, I was into was Fred Eminem, Durst, but, but no, I never. You weren't an ICP. No, jeez, oh, no. we didn't have clown faces. But I, I remember having you know using <laughs> using that kind of hair dye, you know, bleach, quite consistently as a kid. Yeah, so it, I'm trying it, to think if I even did highlights at any point, but I don't remember. remember I, that. Like I, I know people, like yeah. the big oh, like yeah. fad with it, yeah. but I don't I don't think I ever did. No, I didn't. I mean, you obviously see how yeah, but my hair, yeah, I just, yeah. I let it grow for six months and I shave it. And I let it grow for six months and I shave it. That's he, about the extent. You're real, you're real high maintenance. Very, yeah. very. But go ahead. You, and you're just, you're just putting this on with like a, uh, what is it? A uh, paintbrush. Yeah, paintbrush. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking so, a toothbrush, uh, but eh. So again, that's, <laughs> that's one of those things where, you, you know, you watch different people try to do it and there's a ton of different methods. I've watched people where they actually dump the peroxide into the the vat that they're boiling which i mean you can do that but then you're gonna have to worry about damaging you know the tops of the antlers and everything so rather than you know tape them off and saran wrap them i'm, I'm letting them dry and then i'm just painting it on and then at that point i'm using a small enough brush that i can actually you know take my time going around like the bases on the pedicles and everything and make sure that i don't get any bleach on the antlers whatsoever you're not. You don't tape them off or anything. No, nope, I haven't had to. Hmm. I mean, the dawn, the dawn dish soap and boiling water. I mean, that's not going to damage or discolor the horns in any way. So nice. Next thing you're gonna have to learn is, uh, you see all those guys. They do the, like they'll dip them after, you know, put like that. I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how what the process is in that, but I know a guys who are doing that, that for a while. Plasti dip, plasti dip, or plasti dip, or what's that called? Uh, they do. Um, uh, yeah, What's I mean, there called? is like... A they do it on like rims and everything. Yeah, hydro dipping. Hydro dipping. Yeah, there you go. That, 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 um, like I've seen the ones too that are stained. That looks kind of cool mm-hmm. too. Like they're like a regular like wood stain, like a Minwax, like a dark colored finish or like whatever, but it's an almost... It, it tones it down a little bit being on white, but it gives it that like dark natural look. It kind of looks really cool like that too. That would be awesome. I, I just kept mine regular bleached. I like that because at least the horns stand out. 
Like, yeah. As you start adding stuff, it not that I mean, you still horns are still there, but everything kind of just well, almost you, blends. Well, where you, then that white background helps them horns. Well, uh, a lot of uh, people too, and you know, I haven't had any horn discoloration, so I mean, I do have it sitting at home in case I you know mess up and get a little bit of bleach on an antler or something. But early American stain. That's mm. what they recommend after you. Okay. So, like, after you bleach it out and everything, if you do have any di- horn discoloration or anything like that, early American stain, a little bit on a rag, and just wipe it off with it. Check, too. They may sell them in pens, because a lot of them sell them in pens. Yeah. Which is nice, because it's like a felt-tip type Sharpie. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. obviously, my dad at the furniture store, we'd have, you know, for touch-up and stuff. Yep. He used to be able to buy them in all the different colors, too, so you can kind of... It's pretty neat. Yeah, we use them, use them quite frequently. Putting in doors, different mm-hmm. stuff. They sell mm-hmm. them, they give them to you. Yep. Finished doors. Yeah, I probably have five of them sitting in the truck. I'll bring one. <laughs> I don't know if I have early American, though. But, uh, yeah, so I got a bunch of uh, deer skulls sitting all over my house. You know, my woman is <laughs> thrilled right now. Yeah. Not only that, I, I come in the house smelling like, you know, roasted deer. Dude, say, my wife cracks the door of their garage. And that's it. She just, like, stands at the edge of the door. She's like, any further, it stinks. I would uh, <laughs> I would say the the worst part of the entire process though God, is that stinks when you're boiling it. It's blowing out that brain cavity. Yeah. Because here's the thing: unless you get that pressure tip and that hole on the back of that skull just perfect, and it that much pressure going through there, if it tags that bone and it glances in any direction, you're getting a face full of water uh, and deer deer mush. Man. I remember my dad did his elk whenever we brought him back, and God, it stunk so freaking bad. It, you know, it really didn't smell. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot worse coming off. You're of, doing this like, in your boiling. kitchen, right? No, this is oh, outside. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. No. I, listen, I fleshed the first deer head out in my basement, and she told me outside. Just pointed and went outside. You are not allowed to do this in the house. Well, she doesn't even eat deer or meat at all, right? So No, she's 100% vegetarian. She mm, does not. Yeah. So, I mean, she probably doesn't. Oh, I, you know, I... I even work at a local butcher here and there, you know, doing, and I, I don't know if I could do it. Like, the constant, it's just, it's just, there is a certain, you know, just meat smell, you know, it's, and it's not bad. It's just, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it takes some getting used to. Even, well, I'm sure with, the, like, even the bucktails for you, I'm sure, I mean, and you process lots of deer. It just, you get used to it. Yeah, it's just, just more some time taking around. some getting used yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, they do. I mean, you you get once every once in a while, you're just like, oh, it's not smelling. And you're like, mm, that's a bad one. <laughs> it's like it doesn't catch you at first, but then yeah. like you, you like notice your hands. Like, oh, it's yeah, like, that one huh, stinks. Death. That's awesome. This one's been sitting a little too long. He peed on himself. Um, oh, so, yeah, you, so you're liking doing the process, and you're yeah. going to take on as many deer as you can. So anybody out there that shoots some nice deer, get a hold of Jim yeah, if you don't want on it, Facebook. If you don't want it mounted or anything like that, if it's not mount-worthy or, you know, you're out there one of them flashlight hunters or something, <laughs> give me a ring. I'll boil up a head for you. Bear heads? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I mean, I'm sure it's just looking up and doing a little bit more research on something else. I'm sure it's all the same. Boiling water kind of, you know, just eats everything. So, Yeah, that's pretty cool. If I if I shoot a deer, I'm going to have you do it. A few hundred sure. degrees doesn't hurt either. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, one thing that I do recommend if anybody is going to try doing that their own deer head, if, even if you have the fanciest set of knives at home, do yourself a favor. I have a really, really nice set of cutlery, and I burned out my caping knife and my boning knife on the first deer skull that I did. So after that, 
Um, Amazon, very Cute. inexpensive. Um, they sell ten packs of scalpels for that was just for nine dollars. Do yourself a favor, get you some scalpels. Get your scalpels. Get your uh, where are they? Twenty. I'm trying to remember. Twenty twos. Twenty twos. Yep. I always like the. Uh, there's like a round one, and then there's going to be a straight point. Because I yeah. did tax term for a while years ago, and it was. It's the first thing. Get the scalpels. As soon as they're done, boom, pop them off, pop them on the oh my and God. just keep right on moving. They just they jump out of their skin. Going with around the, the horns. That's where it, mm. you can really wear a you know a skinny knife down quick. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Who uh, is it? Outdoor Edge. I have Havilons. But I'm saying though, Outdoor Edge sells a um, like a skinny knife too. That's like a scalpel, removable blade like that. It's mm. a surgical scalpel, and you can pop them off and slide a new one in. Exacto, cool. an exacto knife, just almost. Like an exacto. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much like an exacto knife. You yeah. just you need that razor edge, man, because I mean, like especially the biggest portion of the whole de-skinning process that I noticed was that dish on the forehead between the eyes. Because I mean, you're cutting up the entire time, but as you're dragging up and you're peeling all of that skin back, you're constantly you're just whacking one side of that blade off of that skull the entire time. And after a while, it, I mean, it's just going to roll your edge. Oh. Well, that's a pretty cool process to get into. I'm like again, I uh, I would last two seconds. Uh, I'd rub my face on the deer's face one time, and <laughs> Jay's dead. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, Wolf. To, uh, if I get a deer this year, you're doing it, bud. We're gonna yeah. we're ho- and hopefully I can uh, end up shooting a deer of any sort um, this year. Um, we're gonna come back with that. We'll come back with uh, the first day the uh, deer opener in Pennsylvania and Ohio for Jim and I. Hey, Jim, I went out on opening day of hunting, and ours is different. We've talked about that here too, on multiple occasions. Uh, so Thanksgiving, coma, when uh got all my stuff together Friday, actually took so it. opening day this year just to pre-Texas, Saturday after Thanksgiving? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Friday, I actually did something fun, too. Uh, went up to New York, got to meet uh, our buddy Alex Torgerson, uh, Torgy's dad, and uh, grabbed a drum set off of him. Nice. An electric drum set out there uh, for my daughter. It was a, so there was a three-hour drive there. You know, he lives on the house, nice in the middle of nowhere out there. <laughs> uh, beautiful, beautiful home. And went, picked it up, three hours straight back home. Then another two hours up to camp Friday night. You know, so put some window time in that day. Uh, had to come home, put the thing together, and had, you know, She's now we've been playing for a couple of weeks and what a what an awesome awesome uh, or at least a week uh, awesome little addition to the family. <laughs> I could have spent it on fishing gear, but my daughter wouldn't get to hang, play with it as well then. So this is a toy for both of us. Nice. Um, but anyway, that that's precursor. Me met my dad up at uh up at camp. He was there with my uncle uh, Frank and his uh, great uncle that we hunt with. Uh, stayed home. He he. That hill at camp is kind of kind of rough, so he uh, he didn't come up there with us this year. But there's the three of us, and I, I personally I was saying outside I didn't see a lot of guys. Um, last year we were up there same I go to the same exact spot every first morning, and last year you know I saw quite a few quite a few people out there. And uh, you know you feel I hate standing in the woods and seeing other hunters. You know, if I don't want to see anybody. The old pumpkin you know? patch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's like, ah, and, and I could probably see another person out there as as thick as the woods are. Um, 
we're I'm hunting the uh, the what is it the uh, not the not a game lands it's national forest up there Allegheny National Forest, um, and it's just you know it gets it can get a little crowded and this year it just it wasn't I didn't see a single soul and I saw like ten deer the first day probably, and uh, I didn't get any shots um, unfortunately, just different situations happen first thing in the morning uh, deer two doe come down uh they're a couple big trees kind of quartered to my left my back my you know uh and i can't i really didn't get to have a good shot off to the off to the right of them and if they came just left of them oh i'd have been able to peel these two doe it was first thing in the morning i could barely see um they kind of went back i, I didn't want to just slang shells maybe in the past i would have just Threw some lead into the air. If the lead ain't <laughs> flying, you ain't trying. Exactly, you know. And I saw, I, I don't know, I just let them ones kind of go and do their thing. And I figured if I didn't shoot at them, they might not be spooked, run somewhere else and get shot by somebody else. Maybe they'll just work their way down to my dad or whatever. Listen, you, know? you just didn't want your eyes watering and everything right there. And then you were enjoying camp. Don't You don't kind of tell us. It's all right. I would say I let them go, too, because of my allergies. Oh, yeah. I don't have to worry about the allergies. Oh, my, you don't get them? No, my dad does all the work. Oh, you just I just get, you just get the glory. Oh, yeah, I just get to lay them down. Yeah. I'm just out, and, and usually I'm out here just slanging shells to lay them down, and, you know, a couple years ago, fill out every tag. You know, this year, I don't know if I'm even going to fill out a tag, but... You just don't want Dave to see the deer you'd shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I shot a little wee one. Well, I mean, it's got to be an eight-point. Or a baby doe. Uh, but those two doe kind of wandered back off toward Dad. He said he heard them. He couldn't see them. A um, little time goes by. I have three more doe kind of roll to my right. But there's behind too much thick stuff. I just couldn't really get a good shot at them. They were moving pretty quick. And then just a little bit later, uh, I'm, s I'm sitting and I'm, I'm wondering where, because I'm seeing a lot of these deer, is like down this hollow i'm like on a hillside and i like to watch up the hill because that's where i shot at that deer last year that buck and that's where he was at and seeing him and this year all the action was down the hill from me and i wish i would have off the four-wheeler trail i wish i would have just went into the woods to the left and down the hill a little more i'd have been so much closer to these deer instead of it being long shots through a lot of stuff had a lot more lanes about him moved and been in a better position position but I usually sit in the same spot and see a lot of deer there as well, and it's not far. I mean, I, I, I mean, literally, I could have been forty yards the op, just a little further closer to them, and would have probably gotten a few better shots. But these, this buck comes rolling through, uh, and I'm thinking about that the whole time. But this buck, he comes and his, his head's down, and he's he's not running, but he's moving with a purpose. We'll say. He's hot on something. He's just, yeah, he's moving. He's just, you know, he knows, he's, he's been hearing gunshots. He knows what's happening. Oh, so he's, he's like skittish moving, kind of. He's just, he's just kind of moving. He's just head down, like not running, not, not like hopping or, you know, just kind of a head down, you know, straight trot kind of going. I'm like, all right, I see him moving through. And I'm like, all right, came out of this, there's a brush pile to my, to my right, I was saying, and he's coming out. I, all right, all right, good. I, I, I got a good shooting lane at him. It's come up. There's a big, big tree. He's going to walk behind this tree. I'll get up. Once he clears this tree, I'm good to go. He gets behind that tree. I get up. And there's another buck behind him. 
and he sees me. So he goes, and it goes big, you know, the huge, and I, he's still a little in, in that kind of thick stuff, and I'm like, oh, no. And I'm already, like, up in my scope, you know, my gun's already drawn. I'm, like, ready for this deer to clear this tree, and doesn't that deer just go back toward him the opposite way? And they both get in this thick stuff. You know, behind that again, and then all of a sudden it's just shh, shh, shh. They're just like doing that back and forth to each other. They're talking For, shit. Oh, they were there. And then next <laughs> thing you know, this guy. Oh. he's over here in this <laughs> tree. I seen him. I look at him. You, you totally heat. You got him. The first blow, he, he was devastated. Look at that. Look oh, at I know. He's still up there right now, hoping we come back. <laughs> oh, I'm going back. But yeah, that was, uh, you know. That was a bummer, and it was it was for sure an eight point. It would have probably been about a hundred and fifty yard shot, but and then they're just bounding, you know, everywhere. And when they're doing that, it's you know you're just slanging shells at that point. And I wasn't going to do that again, so I don't know where the hell they went. That was a little bit of a bummer, but I ended up seeing a few other doe. Didn't get any shots at uh, two. Let two pass uh, through that thick stuff, and they went over to my dad. And him and my uncle, my dad ended up getting a, a doe there. Um, it was pretty small. And it was the, this doe had more will to live than any, like the shot he, oh. I don't know how, uh, how we, this we, We've all doe, been there, man. We've all been there. I don't know how we've this We've all had doe, the one that oh. just won't die. And, and ran like miles, dude. Miles and miles. No blood left. I can't, can't be. I mean, like. I don't know how this deer was even moving, because he he basically spined this deer, and I don't I don't know. I mean it. He hit him in no man's land, right, right below the spine. It might have. I it, it, I would. I mean, know he, how it didn't blow the spine well, out. Well, I mean, too. with a what was he using? Three oh eight. I mean, yeah, if he's using a three oh eight, even if he hit no man's land, he's gonna blow the tops of the lungs out. And he has. Uh, he uses. Uh, like the what are they the what are they ballistic tips the ones that explode when they hit yeah yeah he uses those you'd think he'd I mean I don't know this deer was just like the terminator of deer it did not want to die and it, but so we ended up running him quite a while he was on it for quite some time and uh, he said it like when he shot it he it, it I heard it like I was close enough to them you know what I mean to hear this deer go make a loud noise, you know, like, and he they hit the ground, it was, and, yeah, and then he said it going, stopped moving, like, it's going, kill it, me, it, 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 it stopped moving, it was like, lying there dead, he said, and then, um, my uncle was shot at that other deer, and, uh, missed it, that it was with, and, you know, so they were kind of seeing where that one went, and messing with that deer, kind of looking toward that deer, and, uh, this deer jumps up, Shoo! And starts going and just, you know, takes off. And then my dad's on this oh, mile and a half at least walk up and down <coughs> the hills. Oh, man, through all these uh, little streams. And, oh, my gosh, that sounded like I immediately am the guy who gets to go get the four-wheeler. So, you know, my immediate job, I, I, I know what happened. You know, he's tracking deer. He's going to, you know, go get and like, all right, I'll just go get the four-wheeler for you. You know, so I head up, go get the four-wheeler. Makes it really easy through all those hills, man. Now, even that small deer would have been a pain in the ass to drag out. It was probably 80-pound deer. They all suck it was dragging a dog, them, bud. But it doesn't matter what it is. They all yeah. suck dragging them. 
Oh, yeah. I, I hate carrying a turkey out of the woods anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the way, like, I, I, I talked about it a couple weeks ago where you can, I don't know if you were here, Jim, uh, where you can, like, take and you cut through the elbows and you wrap, like, the legs. You wear them like a backpack. Yeah. Yeah. My brother-in-law's done that before, but, I mean, even then. Dude, a lot of people are starting to, like, cape them. Cape them and bone them out and everything, quarter them and put them in, like, the meat bags and just carry them out in backpacks. I see more and more of it online all the time, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, depending on, like, what your hunting situation is. I mean, like me, for example, I'm always within a couple hundred yards of my truck. It's not the end of the world if I have to drag a deer. But, you know, for those guys that, you know, I'm going to go trek six miles deep into this public land and hunt this ravine that nobody knows about, that might not be a bad option for you because, I mean... You're putting it all on your back. You're you're keeping all of the weight on your center of gravity while you're walking. I mean, it's a lot less than, you know, I'm going to drag this doe, you know, two oh, and yeah. a half miles with a rope. back to the truck. Yeah. Oh, I, I had a terrible experience when I was younger with the doe. Yeah, I shot this doe. I was lost in the middle of nowhere, uh, way out past where I live now even. And uh, I, I drug this doe by its hoof. You know, me being the person who's allergic to deer and everything. For probably two miles, dude. <laughs> Literally, like, two miles. I swear. At least it wasn't hilly. Oh, thank gosh. You look like Rocky by the time you get to Oh, the... boy. It was bad. I found Jason. You know, I, I found... There was a guy out there, and he was like, um, do you need help? And I'm like, sure. He's like, oh, we're, you're in private land now. And I wasn't when I started, you know. And uh, But where I walked into... I, and I, I said, dude, I'm lost. I shot this deer way back there. I've been dragging it forever. He's like, oh, I got a four wheeler right over here. He pulls this deer out for me. I look. He had to know, like my eyes, like have my one eye, like I can't even see out of it. It's so swelled shut. You look like the hills have oh, eyes coming out yeah. the thicket with a deer. Oh, it was awful. But yeah, it was uh, <laughs> overall up there was fun, and I I got to see a lot of deer and not a lot of guys. But we were pulling that deer out, and uh, <clears throat> barely even saw guys on the way in and out there. One one. Uh, I, I don't uh Mennonite, I guess he would be. An Amish guy, but not Amish, right? Um they have a camp up there, they hunt up that way and that was maybe two other guys. <laughs> so, you know, to see two or three people, you know, four guys it's quiet first day. Yeah, that's not that's bad. That's probably why you seen as many deer as you did the first day. And you could hear some banging and some of it was close. There was one guy way down, way down in the ravine and but, you know, he was you could hear him shooting here and there. He shot a, at a deer, but it, nobody too too close. It was good. I, I felt like I wanted to go back up. My brother-in-law didn't go because he took our um, my nephew out for the first time. He was seven. And we shot the rifles on Thanksgiving, you know, just aimed him, you know, got him sighted in. And uh, he shot some groundhog now from 200 yards, so I he could probably shoot a deer. He has what it takes, so... They didn't get to see anything, but he thought taking him up to camp might be too crowded. And it gets a little, you know, sometimes that could sound like it. Last year, it was like World War Three up there. <laughs> sometimes I was sitting next to the tree, and, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting low. I'm sitting next to the tree. I don't want to get shot or randomly shot, you know, and I'm in, I look like a pumpkin all the time. I wear orange pants, orange hats, orange jackets. I'm in all oranged out. I'm out there like the, the rest of these. Jack-o'-lantern Jay. Oh, you goddamn right, man. It's about time for a new, uh, new little uh, hunting setup, though. Yeah, this one's gone. It's got holes everywhere. It's it's. She's blown out. Oh, she gotta yeah. go. Yeah, it's 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 not good. So, but how'd your first day go? 
I told you, man. I'm I'm playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers right now. I'm not going in there. I'm leaving my my area alone. I'm hunting a primarily a bedding area that transitions into to food source that goes out into like you know I have one alfalfa field down there that's on the corner. It's it's kind of far away, but I'd still know that those deer are using. You're just gonna you're gonna use the tree stands that you would bow hunt out of. No, or no, I'm, nope. I I switch my setup completely. Um, I'm because I noticed that once those deer are clinging to cover like that in in late season, at least in the area that I'm hunting, because I hunt so close next to residential areas. So the entire strip of property that I have to hunt, I could walk from front to back of it and on the whole right side of me, I could, I could count houses that are on the street up there. So those deer are using all of those thickets right behind those houses. They know that they got people to their one side and those are houses. They're safe. They know that they're getting a Southwest wind that's wind checking up into that thicket that they're using and then right on the other side of them is houses so they can smell everything that's down through that setup i mean i'm not stupid i've watched my deer herd a long time i've hunted I've, I've moved a lot of big deer on that property and put them into the position where i could kill them and i just haven't been able to close it on a couple of them but so i move my setup closer to those houses but i can only go in there on that southwest wind that's the only way to hunt it effectively so you got a food source there you got thickets you got bedding i have a creek that runs down in between the property so i mean i have everything that i need to to keep a dominant deer in there but i'm going after one deer in particular and until i get them on pattern to where i know like okay this cold front's coming i'm gonna kill him i'm not going in there i already got a doe i don't need to go in there for anything else right now i got plenty of meat in the freezer i got a bunch of leftover from last year so i'm sitting tight for right now so i kind of skipped out on gun season this year but I'm a bow hunter, so I like shooting them with a bow more than I like shooting them with a gun. Yeah, I didn't take enough time this year. It seems like September to November is the most busy time of year. Just it just seems like there's just so much stuff going on, even in, you know families and this and that. But uh, I wish I would. I I had an airing of grievance last week that I didn't get to, and this has to do with that. I would I wanted to take a Thursday off or. Uh, for hunting, uh, to get out and go out back and bow hunt for a little bit, and maybe even go over my uncle's in the evening, uh, and try to shoot one over behind his house. And, uh, I'm just getting it from every end. My boss is like, Oh, well, you know, we're at this job and yada, yada, yada. And my wife's like, well, I would like you to spend your last vacation day with Riley and I. And oh. this is an area of grievance, by the way. I remember you briefly oh, telling yeah. me about this. And go I'm on, like, go on. what in the are we talking about here these are my vacation days like yeah. this is dude, I, i'm not gonna have enough time because of everything else going on you know the one weekend we went up to camp i couldn't i didn't deer hunt that day and did leaves and you know that's something i had to do now i'm getting hell for trying to take an extra day off work because everything else i can't you know on the weekends i can't do now you know you next it. time you, need it. you wake up in the morning you go about your business and your wife's like, "Are you going to work? No, I took a vacation day. It's your day." Yeah, I know. Period. I know. I, uh, I was so. I'm don't just, ask, don't tell. No. Yeah, I I'm mean, about to just take. On. Now I'm gonna have to take Friday off. Might as well. I mean, I got. I want to go get a deer. I got to go work get deer. for it. Yeah, no shit. That's uh, God. Hell, I already spent a week with you in Disney. I mean, what, what more could you want? I mean, shouldn't shouldn't have went on the glitter boat. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I uh, so I hunted around here uh, and uh, had, had the second day, and I didn't see a darn deer. There were no no deer. I don't know where they were all at. Um, it's because it's getting warmer, man. That cold front started well, it, and that, that was in that cold front. I'm talking about the second day. We had Sunday. I hunted oh, Sunday dude, yeah, as well, was, and yeah, I'm surprised you didn't see anything. I not a, not a single thing. Um, I had to come back home. And that was my daughter's actual birthday, and uh, yeah, I didn't. I dude, we 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 hunted the same spots. You know what I mean, locally and. They posted one of them, which was a real bummer. That's where my dad got that doe last year. Um, and, you know, usually you just see, I'm, I'm just trying to shoot a doe, you know, at least one. No, I'll be fine with that. Like you said, I'll meet in the freezer and that'd be fine. Um, yeah, I didn't get to see a darn thing. I was so bummed because those are always good places that we go and always see deer. And they're thick place you know there's nice thickets like you know those deer in there especially now after people have been shooting at them they all go to their oh, bedding they're, areas yeah, they're, and they're, they're clinging tight yeah they're a hundred percent nocturnal right now yeah and they're yes and they're not they're not moving after that and they know what's happening I've first saturday sunday going out like in and out of the house i mean the deer are just they they're just so used to like, like even like my dog they'll give him like a little bit of lead way by thursday friday it was like when I was going out to go pee, then you start to see them. It was it, you could tell like them deer like went from like moving like at like certain times, and then it's like every night now it's like always that last hour of dark. Mm-hmm. And then boom, they come out of their bedding zone out to feed. Before like, first couple of days, it was like nine ten in the morning they were moving out. They're hunkering all day. They're they're clinging to gray light right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll be. I mean, and I'm running. You know, right now I got I got four cameras four cell cams going right now that are still active and I don't have I haven't had a daylight picture since Wednesday I mean that was whenever the weather started to transition back into this warm weather going in later into this week and that was it oh I just got a I think it's one of the SD ones it's a little older one but Uncle Frank gave me one uh, a trail cam I can put back here hey it's free. Go get you an SD reader from old Tractor Supply. Cost you a whole nineteen ninety nine plus tax. What's that for? And that'll hook plug it, it in, your plug phone? it into your phone. And then you just put the SD card in it, and you could read it right there on your phone. I'm sure we'll have to we'll have to figure that out then. Oh, they're fancy. That's how that's how I I keep keep one in my GoPro bag whenever we're fishing. I keep one at all times that's such a cheap thing to have because here's the thing i mean you could if you say if you run out of sd card memory or something or something to that effect <coughs> you just pull it out of your pocket plug it in your phone clean it real quick and then get right back to it hmm like mark said once upon a time on those days that we're out musky fishing and nothing happens well that's an easy edit just delete it <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, you're not you're talking about uh, something that actually reads what is happening on the camera on your phone. No, I'm talking about it, it's a little it's a little plug-in um, device that goes into your phone and it has an SD card slot on it. So like you put an SD card in, sure. like you would have in your oh, GoPro oh, got or, you. in your f- or in uh, like say, a computer or yeah, and you could view it right there on your phone. But you could add, you could delete the files if you needed to. I mean, you could play it, watch yeah, it, I got you. save it to yeah. your phone if you want. I have no, I you know me, I'm I'm a caveman. I don't know anything about Jay technology. Jay got GoPro. Yeah. Jay want video. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all. I'm 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 stupid. Um. So yeah, that 
<coughs> and he, I got oh he gave me one of those uh what's that range finder as well which would be cool for uh setting up my uh my bag for shooting mm-hmm. you know at least I better oh 20 yards perfect so something I'm looking forward to that's as gonna well. be coming up here yeah, soon. It's when's soon, that starting uh, January so we got to get our uh we'll have to get up there one day and get our team set up hell with that I'll bring my target over here we'll range off 20 yards we'll just start plucking away well I'm saying not even shooting up there as far as just got to get your team locked in because that Tuesday fills up quick. So we'll have to get in there and get our get our team in. Uh, yeah, and I had um, one other day out, which was uh, we went out yesterday all day. And, uh, boy, after drinking all night Friday, I'll tell you what, it was, it was early <laughs> 6 o'clock in the morning. It was a really shitty 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my gosh, my head was – I and I, I'm not – I don't get hangovers too, too bad, but, boy – yeah, not good. Mm-hmm. I was I was hurting. Doing your own grunt calls in the morning, huh? Just a, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh. Well, and I knew it was going to be a nice day, so uh, <clears throat> went out and I I was going to go out. Uh, it's going to go out Monday, but I. It was cold. It was too windy, dude. It was windy and that cold. That wind was extreme was, Monday. Yeah, it was. It was really really bad out there. So I did some, got over, we got all of our Christmas stuff out. So I didn't go that day, and I knew this day was going to be, and I planned on taking Riley out, you know, because she's showing interest. She sounds like she wants to, you know, try and be out there, and it's fine. And then if she wants to be out there in the outdoors doing anything with me, she's, she's I'll, yes, you're tagging right along. It's just fine. So uh, we went and sat out uh, Saturday morning. And got there early, and, you know, I got her all bundled up, and she's got her hot hands, and, you know, we couldn't be there for, I don't know, 15 minutes maybe. And it was, uh, yeah, uh, when when is that? And my dad was going to walk up through a little spot and sit for a while and then push through a little area thicket. And uh, when's Papa coming through? Oh, boy. <laughs> 15 minutes oh boy <laughs> this is gonna be fun i said this is great so she's she's over there and you know she's she's moving and twitching around and we're sitting on a nice log and everything and no nope, i know nobody else is back in there and yeah it should every every you know didn't you know what though i give her credit she she hung out we were there probably from light till i'd say almost 11 you know, <laughs> so eleven. Yeah, man, I give you your daughter props, dude. Like, my kid can't make it until nine twenty, and I didn't give her my phone or anything the whole time. So she did sit. I mean, she, again, she was twitching a little, moving and this and that, and every once in a while, I'd be like, hey, 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 quiet up, you know. And but she was getting a little antsy. It was probably around ten, something like that. And uh, I was like, oh well, let's take a little walk, you know. So we just take a little walk on this four-wheeler trail, and next next thing you know, we don't even get to down to this next little field line, and pop, pop, there comes two doe, you know, popping around. Uh, again, they were just, we kicked them up and couldn't, you know, all I saw were tails. All she got to see were just one little flicker of a tail. Um, but my dad did see a big buck, you know, where we were usually in that spot. We hunt a lot, and uh, so... It's nice to know that he's there. You know, he got to see him for a second and uh, bounded into some woods that he couldn't get a shot at him as well. Uh, went behind my uncle's again, and 
I took my daughter for a little while. So I sat down in uh, on the ground instead of getting into the tree stand like I usually do there. Because there's houses all over this area that we're hunting. And I'm hunting. Like, I'm shooting basically to my left, straight, all houses to the right. So, you, you know, you're not... I don't want to crack a shell at houses, and I should have, I put myself a little too far in the woods, I think, but I w- instead of being in the tree stand where, you know, I'm, I'm shooting at the ground the whole time anyway, you know, now I'm shooting at places if I, if it's in the wrong angles, but uh, she sat there, and then she left, uh, she had something to do, uh, so I stayed in the woods, and you could see my uncle's house from where we were at in the woods, so I just sent her out to meet my wife, and uh, next thing you know, couldn't be Ten minutes later, this little doe comes come right up to me. I mean, we had a five-minute stare down at probably 30, 40 yards. That was the definition of having the lunch walker, though. She didn't even... I know that, but she went out. Like, that's the definition of somebody going out to oh, go yeah. get lunch, and then deer start moving. She didn't walk through deer as much. Like, my dad had been up in another area and was coming down to me. Uh, so... This, he said he had kicked one up right away, right when he got into his spot, and it was kind of coming down toward me. It took a lot longer for it to get down there than I thought it would, but it was like a, I, it was a baby doe. It was so small. I should have killed two of them, made a keychain. I waited. <laughs> I I sat there and stared at it, stared at me forever, and, and turned and walked up. Uh, as and and once it, once it got far enough away and got a decent angle where i wasn't shooting at houses i took a crack at it but that was you know it was moving pretty what, quick and, and what are you hunting with a 30 30 so yep let's do a brush gun hunting thick areas anyway so i'm a sucker for the old uh, i mean we're slug gun people over mm-hmm. in my neck of the woods so mm-hmm. i mean i'm a remington 870 fella oh really you don't use like a straight wall some kind of i mean i have a 450 bushmaster but they, I mean, you hit a deer with that. I mean, you're getting a quarter of the deer. That's it's just waste. That bullet's just it's too heavy, man. It man. just it's devastating on a deer. I feel like you see a lot of people have hot sixes in Pennsylvania. You know, three hundred eight hot six, thirty thirty is another sure. common gun. Kind of. Yeah. What did Stand, you use? Two seventy. Two seventy. Yeah, that's a good 257, gun. Two fifty seven. I I was not a fan of thirty odd six or thirty thirties or just I didn't like the heavy rounds. I mean, I didn't brush hunt. So, I mean, if I was brush hunting, it'd be a little bit different. But I was mainly hunting old lines. So, I was shooting 200 to 3, 450, 400. I so was, uh, if we I were was under 200, 250, 270, if we were out to longer, and I'd shoot 257 weather. My, uh, my family always decided to turn me into a beagle. So, uh, I was one of those 44 Magnum kids. <laughs> so, I was walking around with a chest strap, you know, 16, 17 years old. You know, I'm already in a thicket anyway. Might as well have a pistol. So, I had the old, you know, Sims has one, Sims had one too, Ruger Super, a Blackhawk, 44 Magnum. You feel like you're uh, a super cowboy out there. Perfect for going through that crap. Though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Money. My dad's buddy had a uh, 357 he hunted with, and he had walking stick. He just put it right on the walking stick. And I was even like, for like all them putting on drives and stuff like a 3030 or 30-odd 6 lever or not um yeah lever that's perfect I mean, my uh my 3030 is the uh the bolt action one the savage yeah, it's a decent gun and got it quite a while back bought it off a buddy and 
you know. It's the classic Pennsylvania yeah. rabbit. Sure. It's just yeah, it's yeah, it's it's I mean, it's, you see a lot of that stuff out it's there. That or a 270. Like you go to, yeah, you go to PA and like everybody thinks like the odd six is like the God's greatest gift of ammo. It's mm-hmm. like, no, not even close, but okay. Because it's like, it's everybody. It's, I bet, I would have to assume probably in the neighborhood of 70, 75% of everybody hunting in PA has a 30 odd six. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that's what it seems like. I mean, yeah, everybody I know, odd six, odd six, yeah, odd dude, six. I'm telling you, there's a strong, strong batch of people shooting two seventies and in thirty thirties though. Mm. Oh sure, I mean it's that's a, a they're good polar opposite round there good, though. Well, they're like even thirty thirties a little smaller. I mean, it's not smaller, but it's not a huge it's gun. Just, you have to neck down thirty odd really. I mean, weight distribution wise. Um. Couple other like what's that two forty two forty seven two forty three two forty three and now that's like twenty five watts are a pretty neat round though oh, yeah. that's a fast little round yeah good guns for kids too like that's a good gun for a kid to start out with that's what my uh, nephew starting out with is a two forty three he was shooting a two o four for the varmint you know when he was just learning to start to shoot the rifle but yeah those are cool uh, little rounds and don't don't put down a deer put a good sh- shot on them take your time and you know he's, he has them shooting off a high uh, a tripod now. My dad shot all his with all of his elk guns because that's what he does take out west. We just use them for that and just, did just fine. STW or a, set, or a straight 7 mil and or a 30 or 300. 7 mil, that's a big gun. That's a that's a, that's a a gun there. The uh, STW was the, that was the big gun. I think it was heavy. He had a fully fluted, it was a like a Bobby Hart made barrel and it was, the thing was heavy, but doggone did it shoot. It shot a heavy round. But 800 yards, it was not dropping a whole lot. Mm. Hell yeah! I, I, when I started hunting, it was I used a 30-30 lever that I borrowed off a uh, cousin that was in the military. But uh, and yeah, after that, just all 30, like all you know, right in that range, like mm-hmm. you said, the same kind that's of guns. Yeah, so, but the standard for PA. Yeah, yep. 308s with my dad. 308s a great round. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great round. So. That's I would have to say for like all around whitetail, probably the best whitetail round, hands down. We had an old uh, Mauser style three hundred eight, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. like a German copy. Mm-hmm. That was a sick little gun, man. It was a wooden stock, and you know, like for a oh, rifle, yeah. you would think it would it would punish your shoulder just because it's a wood stock being that old. But it was the most comfortable gun you'd ever shoot. That was like a Cadillac of rifles. <laughs> I'm the, guy that, I'm the guy that every time I go and shoot the gun for the first time in the year, because I'm, I'm not out here shooting rifles all the time, you know, in deer season, and then that's about it. And I shoot, you know, a couple times before, just, to, you know, every time, the first time I pull the gun, and I like to go and shoot it a couple times before we actually go out, and I always, always flinch. For some reason, I don't know, it's just grain in my head. Watch it hit. And then, and, then, and then it's always high, and then the next round, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do that again. Pull and it then, to the left. And then I, no, no. Then I'm just right in, right in the bullseye. Next two or three shots is just perfect. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. But that first one, it's just, ah. I, I, I just, that first one, it's just always, I always flinch and pull high. And then please I'll be good for the year after please that. Please don't scope me. So we're going to, um, that's the, oh, oh, the only other thing I wanted to hit on the deer stuff was uh, one of the spots I'd said had got posted and it, they left the fields up there, or the corn up and. So 
we hunted all all around this area growing up and you know there's a lot of houses that have been put in there's a lot of places that we can't hunt anymore a lot of posted areas now and uh so you don't you just don't want to walk on somebody else's property and you know that you know my uncles might have my great uncles might have known them a long time ago but they don't know who they you know the house has got sold to or ever you know all that kind of stuff and that just kind of diminished the amount of area that we have to hunt you know it's all public land locally and so we went into another area uh that is just it's really close to our, where i grew up and uh we hunted for years and years and years my my cousin had a house it was right behind his house and uh so we were like you know what let's let's you know it's cool we can go let's go back there you know not so sure who has it now or whatever and uh so we go back and Again, they know, my uncle knows every little cranny of this woods. My da- my dad's great, or my great uncle. And uh, puts us up in good spots. <clears throat> I end up seeing a couple deer, but I see I saw a couple guys, too. I saw a couple guys go by from the edge of the wood line in a side-by-side. And I'm like, oh, this is good. They're probably coming back <laughs> here to, you know, don't we get the hell out of here. And then there was another guy who started to come in with a four-wheeler. And... Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's coming over here. He's definitely going to, you know, chew my ass out or whatever it be. And no, it, it was the exact opposite. He came over and, uh, you know, talked about whoever's land this is because there was even a no hunting sign, but it was back behind me. I wasn't in to it yet. And he came over and knew my dad, you know, just from being in the area for so long. And it, it was it, it ended up being a great conversation. And it, it ended up turning out really well. So now we have another... 87 acres to you know go and hunt and hang oh, out and sit in and stuff I'm, like that so i'm sure that approach you were not thinking oh great now i got a new 87 acres you were going oh shit here we go this guy's gonna come up yell at me and then that's awesome you yeah. never just you never know you don't and uh it's you better know, than going to jail yeah yeah, yeah it sure <laughs> i is. wouldn't recommend that option going no, in there I, and, you know? if you're in ohio only, you go to jail the only thing is we hunted that land for i'm talking my dad shot some of his first deer there and i you know what i mean no difference I, they, now, they, they don't they don't they no. don't all, care but it's all in it was, i mean I, pa you, you still have to like make them leave but in like ohio if you do that you can get arrested like uh, you persecuted on the spot boy on, there were yeah. no there were no posted signs there doesn't matter. I'm, I'm just saying. I know. I, yeah, but I'm, I'm just explaining what the situation was. You know, place that, like I said, we hunted our whole lives. I grew up hunting there. My dad hunted there his whole life. My uncle, my great uncle even shot his first buck right there. But I knew, it was nice that we knew the guy. And he was super, super cool. Uh, every Like everybody's lands that owns land right there. And like I said, my cousin. Were them guys hunting it too? Or were they just he out was com- You know, he was coming in to hunt he was in one of his yeah. tree stands. And like, oh, I got two tree stands over there, you know. And I got a tree stand. He, this dude had this. He had like six tree stands back in this wood, all different unlocked. spots. Yeah, which is cool. And he w- didn't mind. We were back Doesn't there. Doesn't matter what shot wind everything that's yeah. came through there. Doesn't matter what wind direction. I oh. got me a spot. You're good, buddy. You can hunt. I already killed everything. He did. He well. He did say he shot one buck there, uh, in bow, and didn't end up getting to be. Didn't find it till like two weeks later. It's a bummer, but uh. Yeah, so but it was nice. It was a great conversation and a nice area to get the you know even just in the gun season you know sitting and having another local area to kind of move some deer around. Once you know how it is, after that first week or so, the deer aren't moving. You have to kind of move a little yourself. And you know I, we talked about it on the podcast before being on rosters and all that stuff back back in the day, and like ten man rosters. I'm sure you did that if you were hunting with any Amish. 
I had a lot with the Amish, but it was different though, because like I had a guy that like he built furniture and you know, like he got to know like the people that had property. So he wasn't like he didn't go to like mow. And it was like there was a couple of us, and I was his driver. Okay. So it was always only like three or at the most four of us that went in. But I got to hunt a lot of places. Like, and I that's every year he would have like a place in Ohio. He would have a place down by Pittsburgh, and have another one. And be like, whenever you want to drive me, so I, we would go all the time. I think I'm going to start to work into that option myself because yeah, I had I had well they use the phone here. Yeah, and, because, the one and guess what? Even for yeah. you to go on drives with them. Go look at all this public land around here. Whenever like we would get together and we wouldn't go to them places, you would get eight or ten Amish guys, oh, yeah. and they drive the crap out of it. You could just sit there and pound deer. You're the driver, literally. So you're like, all right, I'm good. I mean, they're gonna probably want you to do one or two pushes. Oh, that's fine. But you're gonna do like eight or ten in a day, and mm-hmm. all the way around us. Look at the lake. You can spend a whole day on that lake and go oh, shoot yeah. yourself easily. If you got eight or ten guys moving deer, you're gonna see quite a few doe and probably a buck or two. So, I mean, there's a lot of area these guys hit that like that. We used to spend time out at the lake as well. Now, if you go not drive for him, game, they'll let you right in. Heck yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Because he was, he was saying he was looking for a driver, and he was having a hard time. I'm like, and then, the, you know, the light bulb clicked in my head, like, bing. I might say, hey, yeah. next time you need a driver, just get a hold of me, and yep. we'll, all, we'll, we'll pack that little car full of everything we need. Yep. I'll put the deer hauler on the back that's of it. Just that, yeah, if you got go. the hauler on the back, I was doing it in a like a '96 Honda Accord. <laughs> we were fitting them into. The tr- we killed two. I brought a 140. That deer in my basement was, was almost 140. I fit that in a trunk. We killed two doe one day, and I had to break the back seat because that was before the fold down seats. So I had to like break the back seat because it only had like a little center hole. So we had busted the one side, shoved the one deer through the back seat, and then set the next one on in the trunk. <laughs> Oh, the good old days where you're just like, you oh. know what the hell with it? Break the back seat. I put one in the back of a nine. I had a ninety Corolla. I put one on the hood of it. Uh, yeah, it's just because it's like I'm driving to Pittsburgh. I'm not going to go wasting the gas if I only yeah. shoot a deer. I'm just going to strap wherever I can. I'll get it home. You should have seen the look on all the guys' faces over at uh, the local oh, cutter. Place. Yeah. Whenever I had my Cadillac, <laughs> I pulled in there in a white diamond mm. Cadillac CTS V Sport. And popped the trunk, and they were all standing there with the garage door open, and they watched me pull in, and I watched them out of the out of my car. I turned my car off, and I popped my trunk, and they all started dying. They were just laughing and laughing, and I got to tell you, it is a lot easier to get a deer in the trunk of a car yes, than it, it is, is to get it out. I got to find them, because I still have like the actual like pictures, because mm-hmm. I shot that deer. My daughter was like six months old, so my mom was there with the camera, and like I get back, my dad's like, nothing. I was like, it's in the trunk. It's like, no way. It's like, <laughs> he's in there. Uh-huh. And we popped a trunk, and he was stuffed in there so much, you still can't, like, you could see in the pictures, you still can't see his horns. I mean, this is a solid deer. And he was, like, literally just bent and folded. We had, like, three of us smashing you, this deer yeah, into the you trunk. F- you find out that there's stages to rigor mortis whenever you put a deer oh. in the trunk of a car. Oh, that was yeah. the worst deer, too, because down there it's all ravines. And we shot him, and he rolled right to the bottom of the ravine. So we had to, like, literally you would get, like, your feet locked in, you grab the deer, and you'd set down. There was one of us on each side, and then you just lay backwards and lift him up, and there's another guy, and he'd hold him, and you'd crawl up beside him. We had to do that for like two hours to get up out of this ravine, like on our back. And we finally got him to the top where we can get a chain to him and pull him out with a tractor. But there were so many trees coming up. If you hooked a chain, you just get stuck on something. It's stuck on something. You just had to stall. Oh, down there is just a nightmare. Field ravine, field ravine, and they die at the top, and they roll to the bottom of it. 
Just goes to show oh, yeah. you the easiest yeah. part of it all is pulling the trigger. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's why. I mean, and the work starts. Yeah. yeah. As much as I do hate not being able to use bucktail, as much as I would like, uh, you're a synthetic oh. machine. As much as I miss hunting, just that earlier conversation about you guys talking about dragging a deer, I'm like, yep, I don't miss that one bit. Oh no, it's terrible. Not one I'm, bit, you know. And being a 150 uh, pound dude does not give you any more. Uh, Strength, or I mean, I'm, I'm a strong guy, and I, you, you know, dragging a deer sucks. Mm. I mean, you got, but if you're a you know, 210 pound person, as long as you're a little in shape, you probably have a better chance than me. Uh-huh. At least you're pulling some weight against them. Yeah, let old Goliath drag a you know a 180 pound carcass up an incline, going up over a ridge, and then got to go another 300 yards. See, I, I always had like sucking wind too. I mean, I always had like obviously a backpack and stuff with me, but I always took one of them. Uh, like big roll up like sleds and I had it strapped to the underside of the backpack. So then I would take and I'd yeah. set the deer on that. Cause I mean, no, I am, I don't like to be around anything. So like place I would go, I would just automatically just go. Mm. And then it's like, all right, how far can I get? And I know no one's going to be here. And then I'd start working like an area there and figure out where I wanted to be. So, I mean, I always had a long way to go and I just carry one of them. So if I shot one, I just boom, lay it down, put it on top, rope them on it strap it to the bag and then go because at least he's like sliding on it but then you come across and then boom hit something you just <laughs> just come to a complete stop <laughs> hey jay mark's gonna deer hunt next year yeah right i've been saying that for two years and it never happened like, it'll get you it'd be fun man i mean you i know, would i would i would i would like to go shoot a deer again i absolutely would it, it it's you know for me it's a nice little breakup you know and i'm i'm Itching to get back on the streams again, though rivers, whatever. Oh, it be. I know. I just want to be back out. Yeah, you know, just out. Yeah, just get outdoors. I'm re- I'm ready for fish, man. The hell with them deer. I'm off of them for a while until it until I can't fish. Then it's deer hunting time. But yeah, I got two more days and to hunt, and then it'll be back to the fishing pretty hard, you know. Uh, Jim, going over some fishing real quick. Uh, you did some steelheading. Yeah, I had a uh, spur-of-the-moment trip. Um, Did you te- not eat turkey because your girlfriend doesn't eat turkey? So you're like, well, we're just not going to do turkey. I'm going to do steelheading. I mean, she she smacked the stuffing and, you know, the mashed potatoes and the sweet potatoes. and I mean, there was other options there. But, you know, she was really mad at me on Thanksgiving. Very mad at me. So I was going to deer hunt Thanksgiving morning. And I decided at the last minute, I went, you know what? not doing it. I'm going to stick to my plan. I'm not doing it. So nine o'clock rolls around. <coughs> my buddy's like, hey, what are you doing? <coughs> well, nothing. Just sitting here waiting, you know, killing time. So we drove all the way up to Erie at nine o'clock to go get pre-Thanksgiving dinner steelhead. <laughs> so we left at nine. That means I wasn't fishing, like, I had to pick him up, and then we had to drive up there. So I wasn't fishing until at least, you know, 10.30, quarter to 11. And got into some fish, and we, you know, we fished all the way until 2 o'clock. You stay in Ohio, or? Yeah, we stayed in Ohio this time. But I had to be back home at 2.30. <laughs> so I was already up there fishing, catching fish. And I looked at my watch, and I'm trying to get my buddy a fish. He hasn't caught a steelhead up to this point. I took him last year on Thanksgiving, and it's kind of like a little tradition now with him because he hates, he talks so much smack on 
on when it, where I take him. He's like, there's no fish in here. And I caught a bunch of fish. And he's just like, you planted those there. Those fish don't exist. In this river's broken. Yeah. So he hooked one fish. He hooked a really, really big male. I mean a really big male. I bet you that fish was probably pushing every bit of 31, 32. That was a big fish. I mean, just big, broad. I mean, you could tell it was a male. Just had a big hook, hook chin up underneath him. And it ran him under a log and broke him off. And he didn't get another fish the rest of the day. Clear? I, very clear. Is he in it or was he doing? Uh, he was just fishing with a spinner. Spinner. Yeah. Like with a spinner or with, like, man, I would, oh, man, swinging a spinner up there. It's <laughs> <not> low <laughs> and clear, though, like that. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So you get a little up a little bit. Yeah. Is so, he throwing skein or is he throwing flies or so, eggs or what? So he, he had a spinning Potsky. rod. <laughs> he, <laughs> had, he had a spinning spinning rod. I was fishing with my A-weight. And <clears throat> I put on a bead. And I'm like, listen, I, I didn't come up there with any eggs. So uh, like, I wasn't planning on having him fish bags or anything like that. I, I ran him with a bead at first. I'm like, listen, if I catch on to a, you know, a fresh hen that's tight, you know, has skein and everything on, we'll keep her. I'll cut her open. I'll let you fish with the row. So and then throw the fish in the ditch. He doesn't fish. He doesn't know what the hell I was talking about, Jay. I'm telling him like, oh, you'll fish with the row. He's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, yeah. So he's just drifting this bobber. He's wearing. He wears prescription glasses. Okay. He doesn't wear sunglasses, so he can't see the fish that I can see because I got the polarized glasses on. Sure. So this. We're standing over this little stretch of this river, and I'm looking at this pot of fish. There has to be 30 fish in this pot. Like, it's just a huge, just a black cloud of steelhead just moving all around. And he's like, yeah, uh there's no fish in here. I'm like, dude, they're right there. They're literally, like, that one just kissed your boot. Like, it's right there next to you. If you look six inches off the bank, there's a fish right there because it just drops right off. For where we were at, it's just a deep cutout that comes through, like, this little boulder field. So, I mean, in the middle of that run, it's probably every bit of five feet deep. But with that little bit of current, it just drops straight off of the edges. So, I mean, if you're not wearing glasses, you can't see them, but it's clear. So, I mean, you got that little bit of that little bit of mud to it, and with the sun up above us, he couldn't see them. And I ended up, you know, hooking ahead, and he was in disbelief that I caught this fish right in front of him because I threw up right in front of him and let and let my bead drift down. And it probably couldn't have went down three, four feet in front of him. And it just, bang, I set the hook on the fish, and the fish was on. And it was just running circles in this little hole that we were in. And he had to go get the net. And he got the net, and he was just, like, completely in just awe. Like, I can't believe that this big-ass fish, because that was a big hen, dude. She was probably, like, 28, 29-inch hen. Like, that was a fresh fish. Yeah, it was real fresh-looking fish. Bright. Yeah, you sent the picture. It was yeah, fresh, super bright. And how far from the lake were you there? Not far at all. Close. I'm within a mile. Were you down by the? Where are you at the ball field? Creek, no. different mm-hmm. one, further over. No, that's what uh, I'm thinking. The, the horse smaller tra- one. I, I'm thinking the different ball field. The ball field by the bridge, where yeah. the horse trails on the other side. That creek. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Mate. The next one over from where you're thinking. Yeah, further okay. over. Yeah. Keep on going down. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, right. I, I love that area through there. That parking the whole way up through that, mm. that lower end is really nice. Yeah. It, it's nice. You, if you get up in there, there's certain areas where eh, you could tell this is city and, you know, you run into, like, a lot of garbage and a lot of trash you know what, and stuff. You, you get up into that, though, like, 
there's a lot of good swinging water. Mm. Like if you like to swing flies, ooh, that I mean, is dude, a that, place that, to do it. I mean, that's really phenomenal. that's all I bounce between. I don't. I mean, I don't run an indicator. I mean, I'm not out yeah, there. Like, just, I'm going to teach you yeah, the, teach ways the ways of being a dirty nymphor under an indicator. Like I, I, I do. If I'm steelhead fishing, I mean, I'll do all whatever. I like to let it even with an indicator. You still let the damn thing swing. I'm always fishing a woolly bugger. I always that's what I I go to a olive woolly bugger and a bead or a or a crystal <laughs> meth fly or I, I any look, of these egg patterns I work mean, just fine. I look at it this way though. Whenever I'm fishing for trout and stuff like that and steelhead, I mean I'm running a full floating line. That's my indicator. I really don't need an indicator. I mean I'm running, you know, my butt section down to my mm-hmm. like my tippet section and everything. I mean You can I mean I like the yes and no because I do get what you're saying and like I mean back in the I'm day like when like I got like hardcore like nymphy like I would like straight line nymph and you can to an extent watch that line jitter and you can do that but as soon as you put a little bit of cider on there you're like oh my god I was missing like a lot and it's like seeing you know you need to do I mean don't get me wrong I, but if you had even like at the end of that put like two inches of something pink on there. And you'll, oh, you'll be cider, surprised, yeah. yeah. You'll be surprised just how much that even makes a little bit of a difference. You can just watch your line move at the end of it. I, I'm, I'm, I like that it sometimes, like in situation, the indicator can act as a almost a, a turning point, you know, an exit mm-hmm. point. Like now mm-hmm. you're fishing from mm-hmm. your fly line being straight here, and now you're fishing straight down from the, you know, from your, you're not having to have your Damn it, line Jay, out. you're pinning. I, it's it really it's it's very close. Well, and I, I think mean, the other is, thing is, is close, though this is this is stuff that it, everybody does for trout. But that the other thing I think the Unless indicator does is it allows for like micro like times where it's tapped that you wouldn't normally see. Or if you're trying to make any movement in your line itself, you lose any ability right at that point to see a strike. Where you can keep mending with an indicator, exactly. and as long as you're not doing your mend properly, you're only picking up your line and you're letting your leader stay there. That indicator is never getting moved. So you can keep making line movements while still letting your fly like actually get eight and still see it, which is hard to do if you're running just straight tight lining it. Just just food for thought. You know, I, I, I wanted to bring this up to you because I knew this was going to get brought up when you're still at fishing trip. Like I and I, I, I sometimes it doesn't work some early in season. Man, I'd, I'd rather cast out either little sink tip or an integrated sinking line. You know, this is when I used to do this a lot more. I haven't steelhead fished at any of the creeks oh, at all this season or last season. I don't think last so. Last time I caught one was the first year I met with you guys. Yeah. I went with I Jace remember. right yeah. after. And I caught that fish with Jace. I swung it up and I never went again. And that's been, that would have been like January of 17, I think. If you're going to go, this was probably the week or two to go, though, because you're going to get a lot of guys that aren't going to be on the creek because they're going to be spending their time in the oh, woods. Oh, this was always, the gun season was always the best time to go. Yeah. Right now, yep. currently. And Sundays dude, when the Browns played. I wouldn't I wouldn't have fished up in the Erie Tribs at all through this weekend. I mean, going into the beginning of the week, yeah. But, I mean, you're they have a blowout right there. They have a blowout going on up there right now. Everything's pushed Oh, sure. Out. Everything's I mean, way elk, exp- You see I mean, the today the that we've got today. It. Wow, we got like absolutely. I was talking to Jay earlier before the show. It was like a V. Pittsburgh, the game got twice had weather delay, and it was like so strong. The winds was blowing air center, blowing trash cans off, like just across the concourse. We went through here with nothing. I'm watching a radar. It got absolutely annihilated across Erie. 
I mean, they got just crushed again on top of it. She'll today. fish Wednesday evening. Oh yeah, and especially if you're in any of the the PA trips, they What's go down that? quick. You know, they'll be fishing pretty that? pretty fast. I, I haven't checked it since the other day, but I mean, I watched it on the rise. Like Conneaught was like That's I think eleven hundred up at the top spike. Conneaught stays high for quite a while. Too. I mean, dude, my my prime fishing over at Conneaut was anywhere between two fifty and three fifty. Yeah, that's oh for sure. I mean, that's that, that that's prime. I mean, okay. don't get me wrong, but here's you can the get thing. it up into the mid fours, okay, but, but that's but that's I mean, here's it. here's the thing. I mean, those fish are gonna be there. I mean, they're still going to be there regardless of what your CFS is. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. If you it's only 481. Really? Yeah. Well, one of these days, and I've been talking about doing this, and I've done it once already. Did we did a? Well, that's that's the last time what's I see lighted fish. I, what's I, the what's the turbidity on it? I didn't look. I'm already out of it. We uh, I and I did it a couple years ago, but uh, and it, the river, the creek was blowing out as we were on it. Dad caught one real, real silver-looking uh, brown trout, but put the raft on the creeks up there. You know, there's the Ohio ones. I mean, there's a few, a couple of Ohio ones you could put your raft on and probably, you know, get to see. And I might talk to a lot of friends that are doing this now. And, you know, it's something that I've, I have thought about. And, I, and like I said, I had fun the day we were out. It would be, it is cool to get to see so much different water instead of just walking down to the creek and seeing the same exact section of water. Um, it's just, you know, something I, I maybe once, twice a year for me to do that I think, you know, I did enjoy. And I we did a two-boat float. Like I said, I wish conditions were a little better. There, that's, boy, you know, and you know, you know this about having a raft. It just gives you such an advantage to not having to stand up to your nipples or thighs in water. You know, you're, you're standing on the water. It makes casting so much easier, you know. The, I don't know, you know, the drifting and everything else isn't too bad. It's like anything else. Oh, dog went nuts. Heard Jimmy Somewhere. down here. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, again, I that's probably what I would do for steelheading and wait till it gets a little bit colder. That also deters a lot of guys from being up there. But I want to get up there. Uh, Aaron and I talked about getting up, taking both rafts up and, you know, going down through. So... One of these days, I know I always say that kind of thing, but I have to do it sometime here. If not... A little late spring, maybe, you know, or early spring. Uh, no, spring will be really good, especially if you can strip streamers. Just go down through there and just fish like D&Ds and stuff down below the boat and just wait for them to come swiping. That's what, that's what they were doing um, mm -hmm. when my dad got that one was all stripping streamers because it was up at high as hell. Mm -hmm. You get it at like a 300 and you went down through, you know, you get a little dirtiness in, in Conneaut. You know, the other ones, I'm not sure what the best CFS is. Um, some, I mean, most of the other creeks, and not the bigger one out toward uh, Cleveland mm -hmm. a little further. But that's a nice creek, and that's of some. I've been there a few times, and and the place that is perfect for a raft. Mm -hmm. uh, there's only like three or four spots that you know, really, in this whole area that you can you know use them if you get lucky. You know, you ain't putting it on the Elk Creek. <laughs> you ain't putting your raft on the Elk Creek. There's people that have tried. <laughs> there are. We have cl we have <laughs> clack of craft evidence. Yeah, if it's not at the unreal. mouth, though, that's all right. There's a boat launch there, right? Yeah. Teach uh, their own. We have a tying night coming up. We're gonna hit on real quick. Yeah, fifteenth. Fifteenth of December. Two weeks. Yeah, last tying night it was just uh, 
the Lone Rangers over there. Yeah. They last have a whole lot going last on. Last time they didn't really get promoted. I was no. out and I was I was kind of like just busy right to the end. I never told you guys and it was like, all right, let's just uh, we're just gonna roll with it. Yeah, um, this one I will probably not be at. I may be in for a second. I that is our Christmas party. Oh, is it for, for our work? Yeah, it's always the, that week or whatever it'd be. Remember, even last year, I think it was the same. But uh, we'll be in that area, so maybe we'll just drop in the whole Christmas four of us and say hello. I mean, me, Tim, Bruce, and Dan. That'd nice. be it. And we'll just swing by because we'll probably be in it up at the Mustang anyway. <laughs> so why there? I don't know. This of is of all the places for a Christmas you go to the Mustang. No, no, no. We go out to eat. Okay. Uh, used to be at Iron Bridge. Yeah. And get the uh prime rib and it was really good and one year we got it there and it, it just kind of wasn't as good last year we went um timber creek yeah you know so he, no he takes us out a nice place to eat and then we'll go out what, even the last couple of times at rachel's was not norm no 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 so. not at all weird usually we'll go out he'll buy timber us creek's good and then yeah we'll we'll probably do that and then go to uh they got a decent asabuku there bar hop for a little bit and go home we bar hopped till dad ended up spewing last year so oh. Yeah, it was it was awesome having to pick up dad and take him out of the bar after uh, a little oh, too much partaking and all the good stuffs at Christmas parties. Oh, speaking of that, even uh, yeah, come well, we'll finish with this real quick. We'll be we'll come out the tying night. I know you said Pat was gonna be. Oh, I don't be know. Around or maybe. Or maybe. Just thinking about yeah. Okay, cool. That would be. I'd love to see Pat for a second. Yeah, um, I mean, this one's been kind of already talked around, so yeah, everybody's aware that usually comes. So should be probably the normal crew. And there's we usually get what twelve to fifteen of us or so. Yeah, enough. Yeah, usually a room full. Usually, that room's usually pretty full, and that's yeah. you know got quite a few seats. So that's fun getting uh, seeing Derek and getting everybody out there. Uncle Don maybe coming up too. Oh, Talk awesome! To oh, awesome! Hell yeah! That'll be us up, yeah. Here we got a handful. <clears throat> so, my wife had a Christmas party last night, and uh, got to hang out with uh, Jack Slater because his oh, wife works yeah. there. Uh, How's he been? Good, good. He's still working the same place. Dude, lost a lot of weight, man. He lost a lot of weight. Got the drinking old, all the beer. No, uh, no. Now he got diabetes, uh, but he figured out a way to be able to still. Kill ninety beers a week with it, which is you know his doctor thinks is an absolute outrage, but got him all fixed up <laughs> to where he can keep doing it at least keep it all going for a little bit longer oh until God. his liver completely <laughs> fails. Uh, no, he's doing good. He looked good. He good. looked real good. good we had a good time. We we got to watch some of the football games, and when we saw they were close, we ran right out to where the bar was. They had a room rented. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Chad was there, so you know can't sit around without Chad. And you know it's funny because the it's the same guys. At, like we didn't go to their Christmas parties for a couple of years, but the all the time before that we were always there. And same guys, I swear, same wives, husbands are all. Well, that crew, that people work there is like never change. No, no, and it's like the newer, younger My guys are actually all kind going of there this week. Do, I do believe. No, it's it's all of us same. Going to see your wife. Oh what? I think my wife's coming to see your wife oh, this okay. week. There. Oh cool. Yeah, it's so it's the same. Uh, same guys all hanging out. Uh, we look over and it was funny. There's a uh, a new guy though, uh, one of the girls. Roast in here. Sorry, I got to turn oh, that heat down. Like, I'm starting I, to sweat. I, I, I meant to turn that off when we started. Holy There's hell! Be like a much sweat. I'm like, how can I turn this off? Uh, right in the middle there. Uh, I had a little space heater kick the chill out here, and I forgot. And that was three hours ago. Uh, yeah, it caught up to me now. Oh, but it was great. All the girls are, you know, they're 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 badgering 
me and all the other older guys that are, you know, 41, 40, Chad's 40, you know, Slater's 41, the other guy's 40-something, and they're like, we're doing shots, you know, and I'm like, I'm not doing a shot. Like, tequila? No. <laughs> no, I'm not doing any tequila. Like, no, no, no. So I kept it easy. That one, the one of the girls did so many that she had so much fun. Visiting, (laughs) puking all over the place, everywhere, all over this bar and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. And she's a nice girl. She just, you know, again, got to watch out with those shots. Yeah, that'll get you quick. The sugar gets you. It was nice, Dad. I had to, I probably, it was open bar. I mean, so hell, you know, (laughs) you get me and Chad and Slater around the open bar. And it's like, we're getting two beers at a time, dude, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, I mean, it was absolute. No bourbon for you, huh? No, they didn't have any. Th- the best they had was Maker's Mark. And I was like, eh, you yeah. know what? Not bad, but not worth writing yeah, home about. Yeah, I was just like, oh, well, I'll just stick to the beers because I know if I drink any more beer. We, my dad dropped us off, so we had a designated driver to come pick us up. That's like a great everydayer, though, Maker's. Yeah, oh, yeah, it makes a good Manhattan. Mm. I like it for that. And, you know. But there was, yeah, it was a good time. I, f- I woke up again feeling pretty good this morning. <laughs> Slept on the couch watching some of the football games for the first couple hours. So yeah, I need to. I need to. Your liver's gonna be ready for oh, Monday. I, uh, yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be like uh, a come on Monday. Come on work week. It's <laughs> gonna look like Slater and Chad. <laughs> it's a school night, Jay. Leave me be. Yeah. Uh, just one day, and just one day, I just want to have to where I can have some water and maybe some electrolytes. Oh no! I, I I always start oh. my days out with the electrolytes and water and thirty seven ounces of uh, coffee. I tell you what, though, one thing without drinking any alcohol, I've noticed, I don't sleep in the mornings anymore. Like I can't sleep like past at most five thirty, at most. And I was always like sleeping like right till like my alarm went off. Like always, it's like like work wise, I always got like half hour forty five minutes before work and Chinese fire drill. Now it's like no. Between like four forty-five and five thirty every day, it's like boom up, wide awake, like no groggy. It's like weird. Yeah, I'm usually this, if I'm if if I'm not on a, on a on a bender, obviously, which I explained on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, like you tell, like good. the night before you drink, it does. It's like the next day, it's like you just can't wake up on a morning. I uh, I'm I'm a like you. I'm if I'm not drinking, I'm right up. Mm-hmm. I'm poop, especially you know you're going to going to go fishing or something like that. Oh, right up at four thirty-five. Even regular basis, we don't sleep. I won't sleep past six thirty anyway. Yeah. Six ish. That's just because my work schedule. I'm up every morning pretty early with the light. Light comes through. I'm up. I'm with you, and then drinking a pound a pile of coffee like you do too. Tell you what, though, now it sucks because it's like you're up for like two hours before it gets light out. I already got like almost a whole pot of coffee, and it's just getting light. Man, speaking of the coffee, I'm really I'm loving the 1850 right now. Oh yeah. Oh my god, the black gold. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's not a bad one for Folgers. Wife not made an Amish store run and loaded up. That's the best way, man. You know, there were twenty bucks. You get enough coffee for three months. Two fifty a pound. Where's this at? The Amish store. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all like Starbucks and yeah, no, yeah. Because it's all like like right. It's all whole bean, but it's literally like right at the expiration. So it's like it's coffee. And it's not expired. I have it gone by the time it's expired. That's a, Yo, that's that a place is a good, to go Yeah, get. that is a good spot. Yeah, but you got to go, like, they get shipments in on Friday. By Tuesday, it's lean. You got to go over the weekend. Hmm. Well. Yeah, that's a good one, though. Hey, on that note, fellas, who we brought to you by? 
We got Yeti, built for the wild, sim fishing, A-Rex hooks, Cortland lines, the time of the year. Check out the musky pike lines. Yeah, Christmas is coming up. Go, yeah. go stock up. Get all your yeah, if you want flies, you better get them here soon. Still got time to get them by Christmas, but. I'm sure I'll put another order in. running out. Friends of the show, we got Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, our friends over at Muskie Fool, and the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, bringers of the Beast of the East. Good night, everyone. <laughs>